Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yes, don't we, Watts? Welcome to it. Round one of the NRL, uh, well and truly under the way with a win last night to the Penny Panthers. We'll talk more about that real soon. Uh, I'm in our uh, off-the-bench studio on the Gold Coast. Scott Sattler in our Sydney studio. G'day, Sats. Hello, Woogie. How are you? Yeah, it was, it was fantastic uh, that the rugby league is, has finally started. And, um, and I love it that the Premiers get to start the season. I think the Premiers from the years before should always open up the season. And and I wouldn't do it like a, a rivalry round, like against Parramatta, because that sells itself as it is. But yeah. you know, last year, Manly was sort of everyone's second favourite team just by the style that they played, and everyone fell in love with Tom Trebojevic. And so I think it was the perfect setting to set out the uh, 2022 season. And, and Penrith, they were outstanding. I mean, we spoke about it in our call that there are some clubs, Jace that have just a, a DNA style. So it doesn't matter who drops out of the squad. Another person just fits in and they just they don't miss a beat. Mm. And there's some clubs that don't have that, but Penrith are now one of those sides like Melbourne and, and also the Roosters that just have this style of play that everyone feels comfortable. And without Nathan Cleary, they didn't miss a beat at all. Oh, they were outstanding, weren't they? It was just, yeah. just incredible. How We'll talk about it later, but how fast was that first 20 minutes? I've, it was unbelievable, the pace from both teams. And because Penrith dominated possession, that just wore Manly out. They were, they were stuffed. You know, the first three or four rounds in the NRL season is usually about just – it's like scratch and feel. Just get yourself through the, the start of the season. Yeah. Don't be too complicated. Defend really, really well. Just get those little things right before we start hitting the afterburners. It's, it's a little bit of the Melbourne approach from Penrith last night. We're going to come out of the blocks and we are going to blast you off the park. Mm. And that's what they did. A lot of ball movement. They moved the, the forward pack around and basically Manly just felt as though that the Penrith were going to feel their way into the, the year as well. Whereas Penrith said, no, we're going to make a statement. Because you've got to remember two weeks ago when they played against Parramatta, they, although they didn't have a lot of their stars, I get that, but they didn't score a point and conceded nearly 40. Mm. And to turn, two, two weeks to turn around to concede one try on – just before half time is it's amazing. But Sats, it's trials. Uh, seriously, like how many times do we say, "Don't worry, don't, trial form doesn't matter." It matters to those teams are trying to boost memberships, all that sort of stuff. But it doesn't matter. It's it's just they're playing around with things. It's and the same media who write trial form doesn't matter and then call for Trent Barrett sacking at the Bulldogs because their trial form's been terrible. Mm. It's just trials. And, that, and and once that, as you know, once round one hits, it's a different ball game, pardon the pun, yeah. but oh, they're outstanding. Um, today's show, by the way, it's going to be huge. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard joined um, you and Badge on Sports Day throughout the week and uh, got to catch up with him. I mean, the Eels. Let's talk about the Eels this year. How good are they? Look, I, you and I, I think we said last week, are the best team on paper. 
in the NRL. Absolutely. By well, they have been. They have been for a number of years the best. Probably the last three years. Definitely the last season and this season, they are the best team on paper across the park. They've got the best forward pack on paper. But if they can if they can find that that intricate balance that you've got to have as a side when you've got youth and experience and it all blends into one nicely and they've got the great communication and the players just love being around each other, which I'm led to believe that Brad Arthur has a really happy playing group, a really happy environment at training. We spoke to their assistant coach, Steve Murphy, Last week as well, he's a happy-go-lucky guy. You know, the players love being around the coaching stuff. So what's missing? Mm. And what's missing in, when you've got the ingredient of really good youth, really good experience, a great happy environment, you've got great resources, it's the lack of maturity in some players. Mm. And that key player is is Dylan Brown, the 5'8". If, if he matures this year, and Wanga Blake as well. I know Wanga Blake's like 26, 27. He's got to get to the stage where he's got all facets of the game, yeah. all those boxes ticked. Yeah. If they can do that, those two players this year, they're going to be they're going to be a force. They're going to be really difficult to beat. Mm. Yeah, we'll chat to him about all that sort of stuff and more. That's Regal, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Uh, we'll get our tips for the remainder of round one. Not going well so far. Uh, and um, what we're looking forward to this weekend, and I've got a feeling a lot of it is around rugby league. Time on Off The Bench to look back on the news of the week. Um, one of the stories I wanted to uh, float past you the, today, Sats, is the, the new judicial rules. Uh, and in particular, the, I reckon the big one is the carryover points. Yeah, can you explain it to me? Well, this is so, so up to the start of this year points, from last they're, year. They're all wiped. They're gone. So I wish that, are, I bet you a lot of them wish they had their time again. Would have went nuts in the grand final, the finals. What Just about Tyrell Fui Mayono, who's been suspended for uh, what four to six weeks? Uh, suspe- drop during suspended. Uh, yeah, that's a, the, actually that's a good no. All suspensions till now. Yep. Uh, uh, still locked in. Okay, so but he he's it was from killed. round one. So he won't have any carryover points when he comes back. Because the carryover points is, has always been... No, it's rolling for 12 months. Okay. So the way I see it, that's, yeah, so if you're suspended now, uh, that just carries over. What happens to any carryover points from that? I think they get wiped. So uh, this is what yeah, it they're, says. They're wiped. Yeah, yeah, the mm. carryover points. So existing carryover points scrapped. Players yep. will begin 2022 with a clean slate with player records reset on a rolling 12-month period since their last offence. So if you get yep. suspended from round one, then that carries over to round one next year. Yes. And then it gets wiped mm. if you don't have any other issues come around. So I like that. Uh, this should yeah, have been I, a- I, don't, I don't like carryover points altogether. You either get one week, two week, three weeks, yeah. four weeks, whatever it may be, not 246 points, <laughs> and then you, saw, you serve two weeks for the 200 points, but you've got 46 hanging over your head. I just think we're rubbing out too many people. So you say um, abolish I, the points and just just, just find them on that crime, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, or, absolutely. or suspend them, yeah. yeah. That means you get rid of a fine, fine. So you have a fine system and suspensions. That's it. Yep, that's, that's how it, it used to be. Black right? and white. It worked pretty absolutely. easy. Yeah. Yep. Rightio. Uh, Cameron Munster is set to sign an extension with the Storm after settling on Braith and Nastri as a new manager. Braith's uh, growing in this area, not only just rugby league, but golf. We spoke to yes. Demi uh, Papalotis or something like that during the week, who's going to be in the New South Wales Open. And yeah, he's signed with Braith. Yeah, the background with Braith and his uh, management company is, is 
it formally started with golf because Braith is an avid golf lover. Plays off, I think he plays off a single Three. hand uh, yeah. number, yeah, handicap, and um, and he, he was always going to branch out into rugby league and other sports. And you know, he's he's got a lot of respect in the game, Braith and Astro. You know, he's he's a good guy off the field. If anyone who doesn't know him, he's one of the most engaging guys you'll ever meet. He's, he's got always, the best tan in the game. Yeah. Constant, and he he claims it's his Greek heritage. I don't think it is. Well, unless I, unless he's the only guy <laughs> that still has a solarium. Well, I'm going to say unless the tanning machine he lays down in is called uh, Greek heritage, then and, I think he's lying. And he's got the whitest teeth. He has also, but uh, a tremendous should guy. be on it days be, of our lives. Would be a really good manager, actually. Um, and I know a lot of people. Why Sats? Why? One, he he knows the landscape of sport. He knows the pitfalls of negotiation and also the pitfalls of um, what players, young players, can can find themselves in as well. So if he, if you're a manager, I think from this day and age, it takes a far more um, focus on welfare as opposed to how much you're going to get at the end of the day. Because if you've got a well-rounded athlete off the field or mm. off the course, whatever it may be, the money will look after itself. Because you'll, you'll invariably, if you've, you'll end up playing well, which mean, means you become an asset to someone, which means they're going to play you a lot, pay you a lot more money. So the welfare aspect is far more important than how many years and how much money am I going to get? Yeah. So Munster, he was he was being chased by uh, the Dolphins. Yeah. So he's he's, a, he's he's out of their equation now. Why do you think? Uh, why do you think um, uh, Wayne Bennett's gone cold on him? Uh, I think because Cameron Munster behind closed doors has said that he's going to re-sign with Melbourne. That's it. And right. that's what happened. Well, that's what happens if, if Wayne, I've known players that have knocked back. Peter Gill's a really good example. Back in 1987, uh, brothers in the Brisbane Queensland competition, the Brisbane League, they won the grand final. A lot of their players went to the Dragons and the Brisbane Broncos were really interested in say Peter Gill for the first year in 1988. Anyway, he went down to the Dragons, and in 1992, he got his manager to contact Wayne to say, would you be interested in him coming back to the Broncos? And he right. said, no, you only get one chance to play at the Broncos. Yeah, wow. So you knocked us back first. We're not going to take you back. Right. Um, so he did it with Justin Hodges, who, who went back to the the Bunnies uh, – sorry, the Broncos when he's a, a far more mature player. So with Munster, maybe it was – listen, I'm, I'm thinking – I'm thinking I'm going to stay at Melbourne, so they've got to take him off the table. Now, Cameron Munster's partner, who's they've just had their first child, her family is from the Sunshine Coast. So everyone thought it was always going to be a fait accompli that he was going to end up at one of the new uh, Brisbane franchises. But I think because Melbourne has shown a lot of faith in him, and I think I've, a lot of other clubs may have may have wiped their hands with him if he'd gone through what he'd gone through at the end of last season – um, and Melbourne Storm is all he's known. So sometimes it really looks – the grass does look green on the other yeah. side until you realise that, you know what, I've got a really good career here. I've, I'm earning good money. doesn't matter where I'm going to go, I'm going to earn seven figures. Mm. Um, he loves Melbourne. Um, and um, so it, it sort of – it just makes sense. It makes sense if he does stay there and, and he Bellamy wants to be a one-club player. And Bellamy's staying well, for another five years as well. That must well, he's going to stay in some capacity, whether yeah. it's coaching yeah. or whether he moves into recruitment, whatever it may be. So the big ones they're still chasing us are Kalen Ponga and also Harry Grant. So they're putting all their focus into those two. Uh, that's Red Cliff. I'd find, well, I'd find it difficult for Harry. I'd find it difficult that Harry Grant would leave Melbourne with Brandon Smith leaving, 
And with Munster potentially staying and Jerome Hughes staying, the, the Brian Why? Papen, he's got to he look after himself. Yeah, but wherever he goes, again, Jace, he's going to get seven figures. He's going to get 900-plus Harry Grant wherever he plays. Well, that's six figures. Well, he'll move. So at a, at a new – put it this way. If the yeah. franchise that I was working with, the Brisbane Jets, yeah. Harry Grant's first year was $900,000. But he wouldn't get 900000 at the Storm. You, you talk uh, about this, he'd, he'd probably get, what, about six at the Storm? Uh, no, he, he'd be on more than that. He will, he will get more than that when he resigns because – yeah, you've got Brandon Smith dropping out, and then you've had you know you had Smith Cameron Smith drop out a you know a season and a half, two seasons ago. So you've got all these players that are starting to drop out of the salary cap. They've got to re- Melbourne have always built their team around four big players yeah. who take up a majority of the salary cap, and a lot of other clubs wouldn't dare work under under this premise. But they have always had four big players that take up a large chunk of their salary cap, and they just fill in every other player around them. Yeah, right. But so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth nine hundred thousand, but you're a better judge of that. And and Ponger obviously is the big one. He's the he's the one point two million dollar player. Well, maybe I, more. I, maybe one point four. Well, people will actually say that you know the way that Kalen and the influence he has on a game, which is hot and cold at times, uh, his involvements wouldn't think that he'd be worth that sort of money. But when you look at it holistically as a club and what he brings to your club, not only is he a potential match winner. But he brings young audiences to the club. Uh, people of my age, 50 and above, love watching him play. And he's got, whether we like it or not, he's got a huge interaction and, and a lot of followers on social media. Uh, always automatically brings absolutely. a massive yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah. He's a clean-cut kid yep. who doesn't have any baggage. And yep. commercial partners like that, and my, and my girls who, uh, I talk about this all the time, 14 years of age, they know him because he's on TikTok. Yeah. You know? And and there'll be so many kids in Brisbane. If he was the – we've talked about this before. If he, if he was the main signing for the Dolphins, so many kids would be walking around in a number one jersey. You would not Absolutely. be able to keep up. You would not be able to make those jerseys fast enough. Now, at the start of the season, this season – there was a comment made by by the he or his father saying, "No, we're committed to Newcastle. We want to win a comp here." Now, no, he didn't say that. He said, he, he said they're committed to. Oh, I don't, I don't think he said we're committed to Newcastle, but it it leaned itself towards that. That's what we speculated, mm. and it was yeah. it was like, yeah, it was something about it's not about the money; it's about winning a premiership. I think they were yep. the words, and we were trying to work out well where's the where's the better chance of winning a premiership? Is it the Dolphins or Newcastle? Mm. Yeah, I, because they're missing out on a few big name players. I'm led to believe the Dolphins have signed a lot of very good young players, but the players haven't well, haven't informed the club, which they don't need to, haven't informed the club as yet because it will obviously create negative negative feedback. So uh but with Kalen, if they're not going to get Cameron Munster and possibly not a Harry Grant, Kalen is your you're all in. You're going all in and you're paying him overs. Signings uh, galore, perhaps for 2023. Uh, sea Eagles enforcer Marty Tapao has been linked with a move to the Cowboys. Yeah. After just weeks after revealing he had no interest from rival clubs for 2023. That's um, not a bad pickup for the Cowboys well, if they get him. There was a method to his madness, Marty Tapao, when 
uh, publicly he came out and said, no, no, I, no, I don't have any interest at all for 2023. Because I just people sometimes people just feel as though that players are entrenched. Yep. And so they don't worry about asking the question to the manager. And so it's just and, a general reminder to the teams out there that oh, no one's interested in 2023. I want to play on. Yeah. And so you get a team like the the Cowboys that they need a they need a front row for the rules moving forward. They've signed Jordan McLean to big money up there, and then all of a sudden the rules changed, and it's more about you know big men that are very light on their feet, and and that's exactly what Marty Tapao is. So and yeah, you know, to a club like the the Cowboys and those sort of you know, the Gold Coast Titans, ones that are always, I suppose scratching and crawling for survival when it comes to uh, signing marquee players and having positive media in the uh, to their fans, yeah, they would probably pay a lot of money for Marty Tapao. They, they could pay anywhere up to you know, $650,000 to $800,000 for him. You'd get a couple of good years out of him up there? Yeah, absolutely you would, yeah. Yeah, yeah you would. You know, he's a, the good part about Marty is he's been a front row that, that he plays a little bit differently to other front rows. He doesn't right. crash and burn into their forward pack and – He's really subtle. He's really light on his feet. He's for a big man, and so he avoids a lot of heavy contact. Mm. And that's not his fault. It's <laughs> well, it is his fault because he's good on his feet, and defenders find it difficult to to tackle him. So, yeah, he's, he's with the new rules, and and he's also really good with an offload. And, and in rugby league, front rowers that have got what they call second phase play, like an offload in their game. I mean, they are priceless in this yeah. day and age. Yeah. Some big outs in round one. Uh, Jesse Bromwich, uh, co-captain at the Storm. He's missing uh, close contact with someone who has COVID. Uh, Craig Fitzgibbon, feel sorry for him, the new Sharks coach, ready to coach his first game of NRL. He, obviously, we all know he was out. And I, I guess another big COVID casualty as well, Adam Reynolds from the Broncos. Mm. Massive. Yeah. That's huge, especially going up against his old club, South Sydney. Now, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit naive because well, it's prob- probably a statement that teeters on ridiculous. Um, but, you know, a lot of NRL clubs ensured that their players had caught COVID. Well, so, they, well the Broncos put them all in a spa naked, didn't they? We've well, talked about Adam this. Reynolds, Adam Reynolds obviously didn't go to that spa party. Maybe he's a bit shy. Maybe he doesn't like wearing budgie smugglers. I didn't have him wearing anything, but yes, of course you could wear. <laughs> you can wear swimmers, can't you? What? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there were some speculating that it wasn't COVID. It's actually his lower back and hamstring. That was me. <laughs> off air. Was that you? Was it? Okay. Yeah. Off um, air. No, there's been a few people have said that to me, but uh, and yeah, they obviously don't want the headlines surrounding. You know, signing a player that's that's carrying niggling injuries. But, you know, there was a chance he could have played because he got out of quarantine Thursday, uh, yesterday, or, yeah, with well, Thursday. And, um, but he failed another rapid antigen test on the Wednesday. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, but you know what? It's not about the start of the season. It's not about who you're playing first up. And um, it's about getting the quality out of your best players. You know, the, the Fitzy one at the Sharks is if you have the first coach, head coaching role of the club and, you do look back about your first game. They say, yeah, what can I remember about your first NRL head coaching role? Yeah. And he'll say, well, I wasn't there. I remember <laughs> the very first game of the Gold Coast Titans, Jase, 2007, yeah. against the Dragons at Suncorp Stadium. There was, there was 48, 49,000 people. 
and a lot of those are Dragons fans. But And um, I remember we were in the dressing shed talking to the players and John Cartwright was giving his last address to the players before he ran out. They ran out. And it's a, it's a fair hike up into the coaching box from Suncorp dressing sheds. So we said, Johnny Cartwright said, well done, guys. You know, you've big off big preseason. Go out there and do yourselves proud. And we took off to try and get up to the coach's box. And we got up there and they'd already run out. And <laughs> the, the kickoff had already happened. He missed so it. You missed the kickoff <laughs> of, the, of a new franchise club. Incredible. Hey, listen, we better go to a break. Uh, this is Off the Bench uh, NRL. Uh, we'll be back soon. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. This is Yo, who dummied on the inside, looked on the inside, threw blind to no one on the outside, thrown out a kick out, kick out, standing, offloading, back to Coruscant, throws long, Tago, Tago, dummies and gets over. Not Crichton, not Pottle, it's Tago. Gets the first try of 2022. Now, surely, it is the Panthers leading 4-0 thanks to U-Pin Property. Coruscant throws long, beautiful pass to O'Sullivan. He goes out the back now to Crichton. Stepped hard off the right. He cruises over. He's got the goals. Now he gets the tries. He had one taken from him earlier. Not this time. The Panthers extend their lead. They look like they are doing it comfortably. Last tackle, where's Jakey T? Jakey T's got it. Kick it, Jake. Now they fly. Oh. Now they've got to run it for it. Dummy, he's got space. Now releases. There's Tommy T through the pass. Now the ball. Ball ball. It's got it. Oh, forget about hanging on. Forget about hanging on, never discount the Manly Seagulls and Ethan Fullamore. Back for Luai, Luai goes out the back to kick out, they all go there with him, he's got a release, he does. Luai, Luai too easy, well that opened up. Viliami kick out stood in the tackle and he went right Jerome you have it back and see what you can do and then there was just space in front of him. So all that pressure that Scott Sattler and Brett Kamali were talking about comes to bear. He was brought down three metres short of the line. Coruscant goes back to the left. Big dummy ducks under, gets over, scores the try. He looked right. At that point, you sensed he's going left. There was space in the defensive line. Right side. Yo, out the back now to O'Sullivan. Short oh, ball. ball. Martin. Martin goes through, gets a try, deserves it. Tommy T tried to stop him, but the Tamora Dragon would not be denied. They get across. The Panthers, unbelievable. 28-6 winners over the Seagulls. Sats, you were there for NRL Nation on Thursday night. Was it, were they as good live as they were on television? Yeah, they were pretty impressive, really clinical. I, I remember there was one time during the first half, Jace, when they dropped a ball and – we all, myself and Jimmy Smith and Brett Kamali calling the game, we all looked at each other just to say, is that the first mistake they've made? I'm not quite sure. They were just so clinical for the first round. And as I said earlier on, I've got no doubt that Ivan Cleary has said to this Penrith, so we're the premiers. We don't ease our way into the season, mm. a little bit like Melbourne have done for many, many years under Craig Bellamy. We're going to come out tonight and we're going to blow this team off the park and we're going to send a message to everyone else who thinks that teams can't go back to back. You know, they didn't do anything outstanding in a sense of, you know, tactically. They just did everything that was up-tempo, a lot of aggression led by Viliami Kikau and James Fisher-Harris. But outside of that, um, it doesn't matter who they would have played last night. I think the Penrith Panthers without Nathan Cleary, I think – they still would have won the game. Now, Sean O'Sullivan, who came in for Nathan Cleary, they did not miss a beat 
How good was at he? All. He was outstanding. I mean, he's a Penrith junior. The last time he played yeah. on Penrith Stadium was, 20s, in an was it? SG ball under 18s under grand 80s. final with Jerome Lewis. He's 5'8". Wow. So it's a, it's a good feel story that a kid was able to come back, fill in for the skipper, the Clive Churchill medalist, and dominate a game like the way he did. So, yeah, it was a, a tremendous, a tremendous uh, result for Penrith. Good crowd out there, about 17,000 people on a Thursday night after, you know, floods and rains uh, that dominated the start of the week. A lot of people got a lot of damage to their properties. So, and they just focused on being really, being really fast, being really fit and being really aggressive. And, and yeah, it played out for them, played out well. Have they uh, set the blueprint on how to stop Tommy T? Have they set that? Well, you know, the the way you stop Tommy Trebojevic is, uh, well, one, you don't kick the ball to him on kick return, and two, you just totally out-enthuse and, and out-muscle their forward pack. And that's what they did, Penrith. What they did is... It's not a it's not a way of being Tommy. It's a way of destabilising Daly Cherry Evans as mm. well, and and Jake Trebojevic is they got this really big forward pack. Manly, it's it's a really big forward pack. A lot of people are saying Manly just got a one trick pony. It's let's just try and get the ball to Tommy and he'll do the rest. And you know, again, we had people listeners last night texting into the show saying that um, there's no plan B. If Tommy's not working, where do we what do we do? Where, where do we go? So. Uh, but they've got a really big forward pack, a massive forward pack. And what Penrith did is instead of just doing those mundane hit-ups through their front rows through the middle of the field, they got their front rows out wide and the halfbacks mm. were passing it to the front row. So mm. they, were, they were making those defenders that are in and around the play the ball go across the field, just back and forth across the field. And then about 20, 25 minutes in the first half, they just flick the switch and go straight through the middle because all those players are fatigued. They're tired. They can't move laterally. Mm. They can't get up and down off the ground as quick as what they could have at the start of the game. So it was really like a game game of chess. And the way that that Ivan Cleary tactically planned that game to move that big manly forward pack around um, is what it, that invariably does is it, it takes Tommy Tavoybich out of the game because they're not on the front foot. They're never on the front foot. And when they're on the front foot, that's when he's dangerous. And yeah. so, yeah, full kudos to the way that, the Penrith Panthers forward pack um, just dominated the game. Dylan Edwards, their fullback, outstanding, Jace. Um, the, 31 the, runs, yeah, 345 metres. They, they say he's the fittest bloke in that Panthers side. Yeah, and you can tell. He just turns up everywhere. And he doesn't set the world on fire, but you just know when the ball goes over your head yeah. and it gets kicked over your head, he's going to take it on the full and he's going to get it back to field position, the best place that his forwards don't have to run as far backwards. And, you know, he hasn't got a natural passing game, but – He's just always in your face. I thought Kikau was outstanding. The, the amount of pressure I yeah. saw him constantly put on Jason Saab last night. If, if there was a plan to to just lock in Jason Saab into the corner with those kicks, execute it perfectly. And every time he caught the ball, he looked and there was there yeah. there was Kikau just belting him. And that's yeah, a hard right. thing to do when he's six foot six. Well, and that was a plan as well. We're not going to try and beat him with the high ball, Jason Saab, because he's so tall and so good under it. We're, we're just going to pin him physically. We're just going to physically bash him up. Yeah. So when the ball when the ball hits his skin, he's I just hit. want you to just be all over him, and that's exactly what they did. So Isaiah, yeah, their skipper was oh, again wasn't just keeps down. proving he's yeah. he's one of the best forwards in the game. I thought for Manly, Jake Travoyage tried his guts out all night. He he's super fit, and he I, for me he was their standout forward. 
Mm. You know, he You're was right. he yeah, just he's, tackled he's, and tackled and tackled. He had 30, 30 something tackles by half time. Like, yeah, incredible, incredible. Non stop work. Well done, Penny Panthers are uh, winning uh, the opening game of the twenty twenty two season twenty eight six over the Seagulls. We better get to a break. Regan Campbell Gillard joins us next here on Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard. <laughs> Mate, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. We're hearing about a lot of rain in, in, in Sydney, obviously, and particularly out west. What's it like where you are? Yeah, hey, guys. Um, yeah, it's pretty uh, It's pretty wet and um, not ideal. It's, we've been training um, you know, on fields that are, are covered in water for the past probably two weeks, and um, you know, obviously it's not ideal preparation, but uh, you can't really control the weather. Now, uh, Regan, we're giving away Spinelli's pillows to the best texter tonight, and you probably need one yourself, I think, because you're a new dad, aren't you? How's the sleep going? Yeah, it's yeah, it's good, mate. Um, yeah, I've everything that I've yeah I've expected, and um, and what everyone's pretty much uh, told me, and uh, for the past he's, I think ten weeks, six weeks, so yeah, probably the past ten weeks, he's uh, been keeping on my toes. Um, yeah. You know, do some shifts here and there where I can, but um, yeah, he's going pretty good. Now, a little birdie tells me, and I think you know the little birdie I'm talking about. He tells me that yeah. you're the one player in the group that can wind up the coach, Brad Arthur. Is he easy to wind up? What do you wind him up about? Oh, anything. <laughs> um, it can be his missing tooth, no hair, um, <laughs> you know, people who he signs and things like that. So just, you know, any little, um, any little, uh, yeah, bite that I can get out of him, it's, uh, it makes my day. It makes obviously Steve. Um, he he gets an enjoyment out of it because um, yeah, I can just say one little thing to to stir him up, and um, I get a, I get a very easy bite off. Bread. Who's his favourite? Uh, I've always said Junior. Um, I don't know. I've always said junior, but I think, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say junior. Oh, I'd... Definitely, I'm definitely not Gutho myself or Mitch. <laughs> um, just because we're probably um, stressing out every every day and every training session, and um, it's probably why he doesn't have any hair as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably us three that annoy him the most. Uh, but I'd definitely say Junior would probably be his, his favourite. I reckon you might. You know, you could be one of his because coaches don't often, don't always let players get away with that stuff. I remember Wayne Be- – Alf was always one of Wayne's favourites because he's just a funny little bugger. But he's the only one he, – he, he called Wayne Longneck. No one else could really say it to him. <laughs> but Wayne would just laugh it off. So, I, yeah, right yeah, up. Well, yeah, I, I think that's just the, the playing group that we have. Um, you know, Brad – Brad's pretty much a mate before before a coach, so um, yeah, he's you know, pretty much one of the boys, but um, just a little bit older than us. So yeah, you know, he definitely could take a joke, but um, when when it has to be serious, you know, serious footy or serious talk, then yeah, you know, we can definitely flick the switch. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of fun and games with with our group uh, and, and Brad. 
Look like you're um, gelling pretty nicely and, and, of course, disappointed by how last year finished. Um, how much should we read into that big trial win that you had over the Panthers? Yeah, we got a lot out of that trial, just more of our, you know, of our identity. And, um, yeah, we, we worked on that during the whole pre-season of what we want to um, you know, believe in and, and work on. And I think I thought that's what we got out of um, that trial. But, um, again, you know, we've got we to do that for the next 26 weeks and, um, and make sure that we put ourselves in a, a good position at the end of the year to... Um, you know, give ourselves two shots at it. Yeah, well, we've been through the the teams um, over the last you know few months, but even this week uh, and today, your side out for um, for round one against the Titans. The Eels have not made very many changes. Certainly, not much different from what you looked like at the end of last year. You see that as uh, an advantage? Uh yeah, I, I think you know since I've arrived at at Parramatta, I don't think we've lost. Um, too many people from you know from the top seventeen, um, you know probably a few here and there from you know just to making up a squad have, have come and go, but uh, probably our our top seventeen, um, you know top top eighteen even you know with with Nathan Brown as well, it's we've got the team that's um, you know capable capable enough to to go forward um, this year and yeah we don't lose. You know, we didn't lose anyone over um, over last year. Just you know, Fergo and, and probably Will Smith. But um, you know, we've recruited well to fill in those spots. And um, yeah, I think the boys that are, are leaving at the end of the year are, are driving a um, a better standard and um, a lot more competitive this preseason. So um, I think having that, I think we're we're driving for a bigger. Uh, a bigger prize at the end of the year. Yeah, Reg, uh, yeah, uh, that group that you've had, that core group, last three years have all been together. And I think in 2020, you went 10 from a, the first 11. I think last year, about nine from the first 11. But uh, uh, listening to Brad Arthur last night on NRL 360, he was talking about how you've changed up training a little bit through the preseason. You've trained smarter this year as opposed to other years. What's What's been different? Um, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's been all the same same preseason um, for the past four years since I've been there. Um, like we're just, um, you know, we've we've got key um, coaching staffs in in key roles for us as well. Um, you know, Nikki Ennis has, has jumped on board and, and helped us a lot with um, us middles and uh, our um, hooker hooker roles as well for all our attacks. So um, you know, I, I thought. Um, that was a massive change. Obviously, David Kidwell will focus more on our defence now, and, um, and and obviously Murphy's taking control of um, the outside backs, and um, Mary Mary's there as well as a, a, I think an advisor or a, or a second year for Brad. And um, and yeah, I think just our tra- whole training program um, has been a little bit different, and I would say it was too smart because I wouldn't have a clue. They're all hard. We know they're all hard anyway, pre-seasons, aren't they? Now, I was talking to Steve Murphy last week, your assistant coach, and I said the same to him. Other than disappointment, I, I felt as though you, you could take a lot out of that 8-6 loss to Penrith in week two of the finals last year. As a player, as disappointing as it was, is there something you took out of that game leading into the season as a, as a group? Um. I haven't really spoke about. We didn't really speak about that game. Um, obviously, everyone was pretty disappointed at at, at the end of the game, and um, 
you know, we did say one thing: if we if we match that performance um, on a, on a normal day, I think we we beat any other team. But uh, you know, luck luck of the bounce. I said it before. You know, I think you need a bit of luck to go your way um, in certain things in certain games, and um, unfortunately, unfortunately, we didn't have the you know that luck to go our way. Eight six, um, tough game, tough semi final, and um, and like I said, I think if we just if we stick to that and play tough like that, I think we beat any other team uh, this year. Regan, do you look far ahead at the draw and, and, and look for any particular teams you're going to play or clashes with old old sparring partners? Best night out, like used to be the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I haven't played in Cowboys in, uh, I think, four or five years, so... Um, um. And I don't think I don't think we get to play there again this year. But um, obviously, like one of my good mates is Paul Warren, so um, I've definitely looked at the calendar for um, that match, and uh, I think it's around fifteen against Bulldogs. <laughs> Post game so, barbecue too, um, I reckon you'd have. <laughs> yeah, I told him I'd show him a new barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> this is off the bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our Off The Bench footy tips. I don't think we've ever done the how or the why. I think we've just thrown a dart at the dartboard to come up with our tips for the for the remainder of round number one in the NRL. Sats, um, I'm pretty excited about the rest of the round. It's just so good to have footy back. Um, Roosters Knights first game for Saturday. Uh, I can't see the Roosters. The, the Knights getting anywhere near the Roosters. Can you? Yeah, this is my lock for the weekend. That's right, Jace. I think uh, I think the Roosters win this comfortably against the Knights. Warriors yeah. versus. Oh, yep. Sorry. No, you're right. And the Warriors versus Dragons. Interesting game. Sunshine Coast Stadium. Uh, we get to see the new look Dragons, and we'll see how the Warriors are settling into life in Brisbane. Well. On paper, the Dragons really impressive team, really impressive side. So I think the Dragons, the Warriors are the favourites, funnily enough. But I think the Warriors. No, that betting's um, just changed. Back in favour of Dragons. Dragons, yeah, they're dollar eighty okay. favourites. Warriors two bucks. Okay, so I think the Dragons will win, um, but not by much. This is the game probably over the weekend. I'm really looking forward to. Oh, I reckon it's one of the matches of the round, mate. I think. Yeah, it's, yeah you're right. Uh, the Storm against the West Tigers at Combank Stadium used to be Bank West Stadium. Uh, I can take you through the whole because Commonwealth Bank own Bank West. Do you want me to go through all that for our <laughs> No, listeners? no, no, no. Uh, the Storm are my lock for the weekend. Uh, okay. Will they make it? Was it 19 years in a row that they've won yeah. their first round match? Lost one in the last 20 years with Bellamy. Incredible. Um, the West Tigers would be thinking this is the time we can get them without any monster, but you look at their team on paper, it, it's 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 still pretty awesome. You know, Pappenhausen and you know, Xavier Coates, who has been one of the, the key signings. Um, you know, Remus Smith and Justin Ollum. Uh, you got Brandon, uh, sorry, you got Brandon Smith. You got Jerome Hughes. You got Christian Welsh, Felice Kafusi. It's you know, it, it, Nelson Asafa Solomana. It's um, it's endless. So, yeah, I, I think Melbourne Storm win that. I'm keen on watching Pappenhausen after returning from that long time off yeah. after the, the concussion. Um, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's okay and he gets through the game and gets through another one. He's, um, 
Uh, he's, he's too good a player not to be uh, playing rugby league and sitting on the sidelines. Mm. Of course, the major priority is his health. Yeah. But uh, let's hope he's okay. Uh, Sunday Arvo, Eels and Titans. Titans probably without AJ Brimson. Uh, the Eels red-hot favourites here, aren't they? Yeah, and they deserve to be as well. So uh, at Bankwest Stadium as well. Um, Combank, Gold mate. Co- Combank, Combank Stadium. They, they own Bankwest. Yeah. I think we've um, been through this, haven't we? The Gold Coast. Oh, I've got some fears for the Gold Coast. Tremendous forward pack, but I don't know whether they're going to be able to pull the trigger and, and convert the, the work that the forwards do. So, so your, your, your concern's their young spine, right? Yeah, just keep even, even Even if Brimson was there, you're, you're concerned yeah, yeah. still, yeah. Yeah, I mean – uh, Jaden Campbell, exciting. Still hasn't played a lot of first grade. You AJ, who's a he's a superstar, yeah. but hasn't played five eighth at this level for a long time. Or Burley hasn't Bears, played many wasn't games. It? Yeah, yeah, hasn't played many games at NRL level at five eighth. Toby Sexton's still untested, um, and then Mate. young Aaron Clark, the hooker, as Don't. well. You got to have you got to have a really good lock forward as well. Um, and Tino is a really good lock, but he's another front rower. You've you, number thirteen these days is got to be the old fashioned. Sort of plays like a second five eight. Has a bit of everything in his game, and so yeah, I think they're they're lacking a little bit. The Gold Coast. I'm a massive fan of sexy Toby Sexton. I hope he has a good game. I think he'll go well. He, I, oh, yeah, you're right. He just needs some experience around him to when the chips are down. Someone just to help him, you know, get around the field. The last game, geez, I, I'm not even. Can I say it? I'm not even remotely interested in this. Cowboys well, because of the time slot, or because <laughs> well, of the game? yeah, because maps. Are, Actually, this yep. will be over by the time math starts. How good's that dinner part? Uh, that that uh, thing going to be? What do they call it? The commitment ceremony. Oh. They all walk out. I hope that's that the end of the show. Then I, I hope it's when they show footage of <laughs> Carolina going out and having um, extra marital, marital affairs. Affairs. Yes. With the guy that's got no personality. Yeah. Yeah. I um. But I think I'm I'm actually really interested to see how the Cowboys. I the team you predicted to go last year. The Bulldogs. Yeah. I can't. I'm looking forward to seeing how the Bulldogs whether they can pull it all together for round one because they looked atrocious against the Sharks a couple of weeks ago. I um, I want to see the uh, the not the judges what are they called the experts when they all walk out just close the doors and go show's done see ya. <laughs> That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> I really would. Getting back to Married at First Sight, of course. Hey, yeah, what are you looking forward to this weekend? I'm looking forward to footy, footy and more footy, but I'm looking forward to the Warriors-Dragons uh, game. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, just seeing what the Dragons yeah, team on paper, really impressive. And I'm not sure about the Warriors. I don't know. I, that's why I'm really interested in watching them play. I'm looking forward to watching the Players' Championship and the golf. They yep. were playing today in the dark just to try and finish off some rounds. So there'll be... Some first-round matches didn't finish, so they'll continue. Uh, Did you ever play night golf when you're on the Gold Coast? No. Did you ever play night golf? No, I can't find it. Was the fir- it was the first night golf where I think there was yeah. – Emerald Lakes, was, isn't it? Yeah, there was four or five of the of the holes and the fairways that were yeah. under floodlights, yeah. Opposite Carrara Stadium, it. opposite yeah. uh, um, Metricon Stadium. Yeah, mate, I can't find my ball in the daylight. How am I, <laughs> how am I going to go – like, because I've got to go across one or two fairways. I've got the worst <laughs> slice ever. And Dimmy didn't even help me the other day. He goes, Just well, allow for the slice. Left. Yeah, allow for yeah, it. Yeah, but then I hit it straight and I kill some kid on a trampoline in their backyard. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of kids we've wiped out. Uh, I'm looking forward yeah, to the Players' Championship and also I want to see how the young Titans go up against the Eels. Rightio, this has been Off the Bench Week 1, done and dusted. Sats, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Everyone else... 
Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll catch you next week on Sports Day.